0: The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com.
1: This is Waddle and Sylvie on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station.
2: Fields the snap he's going to throw. Pocket starts to break. He goes up in the pocket, running to his left rows. A sidearm toss to Moore. He's brought down by Murphy's shove across the 35 to the 38-yard line. That's a play of 18 yards and a patient boys throw by Justin Fields. Third down and 10. Snap back. Roshan Johnson in protection. Fields winds up. Throws to an open man. First down catch. DJ Moore fighting inside the 20. Inside the 15 and goes down there with under a minute to play at the 55 second mark dj moore coming open they let him on the in cut nobody near him hit him on the numbers Cairo santos 08 snap right hash angle left santos the kick santos is good from 30 yards and the bears crawl back in front 12 to 10 over the vikings on a 30-yard field goal with 10 seconds to play
3: Let's go crazy, Waddle, with your favorite artist right there. It's Prince. Yes. And uh, Justin Fields did engineer that game-winning drive, and that's what counts. Beautiful drive. And uh, the Bears did uh, eke out the win on Monday Night Football. It's their first win in the division since two Thanksgivings ago in (laughs) 2021. Over two years ago. I heard it was 700-some days ago. We went over 700 days without experiencing an NFC North division win. Now we're going to take the North and never give it back. (laughs) Okay. I hope you're right. I had a Packer fan friend of mine texting me, rooting for the Bears. Because they
0: wanted Minnesota to be knocked down a notch? Because they, they think now they're they have a shot in, to yeah. get in. Okay,
3: And they want Minnesota and Detroit to well, lose. Yeah. The,
0: the Packers are listed as in the hunt in those they're, graphics. They're in the hunt. You may see the Bears listed on a couple of graphics at 4-8 and eight with an in the hunt designation. I had
3: a couple people tweet me saying, think if the Bears only finished the games against Detroit and Denver, they'd be 6-6. Six and six. You finished those two games where you blew historic leads. The Bears would be six and six instead of four and eight.
0: Ifs and buts were candies
3: and nuts. I know it'd you be are Christmas every day. You are what your record says you
0: are. Yeah, um, unfortunately. And uh, this is the conundrum with this team because, like, I could watch that game-winning drive over and over again. It was a thing of beauty. But I'm also left with having to talk about the two drives before that resulted in fumbles right like that's the point of this conversation that continues to go round and round and round and round right and
3: if you, you could just eliminate those two fumbles oh, we right, have a different if, conversation right. but we can't and that's what has to go into your measurement like and so for those like marcus who think there's unfair criticism for the the justin fields fanboys out there who think it's all unfair it, it, when you were just bringing up josh allen or whoever brought up Josh I Allen. Did. Josh Allen this past week against Philadelphia in a 37-34 loss. Threw for 339 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. He rushed for 81 yards and two more touchdowns. Right. He scored four times through one interception and... And he missed an open receiver on miscommunication in overtime that would have won the game. He was criticized for that. Yes. He would, and Tyler asked the question on this show, uh, "Is it?" and he's never won an overtime game, is it fair to say that Josh Allen's just never going to win the big game? This man played maybe the best football game of any player in the NFL this week. But on the national shows all weekend, Josh Allen, what happened on that play? Why did that mistake happen? Josh Allen, here's the pick down the stretch in that game. And when you want to be great, you're, the quarterback position is always going to be under the microscope, in the spotlight. And he's one of the best here. Yeah. So if you think that Justin Fields... For zero touchdowns and two fourth quarter fumbles is being unfairly criticized, and you want him to be the franchise quarterback. Grow up. It's hard to process that. Put on your big boy pants. Like in for Marcus in Minneapolis to think that, oh, well, Tyson Bajan got praise for 162 yards, one touchdown, and zero interception. We were praising in the context of a undrafted rookie starting his very first game. This is Justin Fields starting his 33rd game when we're trying to figure out if he's the franchise quarterback. Like, that is some insecure fandom
0: right there. It it just where you want to place the bar is up to you as a fan. But the bar, to me, has to be set higher than we saw some good... And, oh, yeah, there were a couple of fumbles, but we're, we're still pointed in the right direction. Right. No, those are those fumbles count just as much as interceptions. Like, if you look at Josh Allen's numbers this year, Josh Allen has thrown 13 interceptions, the most in the National Football League. You add the three lost fumbles he's had this year, that's 16 turnovers. He's got 24 touchdown passes and nine rushing touchdowns. So his his ratio is 33 to 16. It's a bad year for him. One.
3: It's a bad year for him. Right. And that's a bad year for him. Just, we
0: killed for that. Right. Justin has 13 total touchdowns this year, 12 passes and one rushing touchdown. He's got 10 turnovers. He's got six interceptions and he's got four, four uh, lost fumbles. Like the touchdown interst- interception ratio
3: isn't where it needs to be. So like so, They all get criticized. Yeah. They, they all do. The good ones get criticized. So when you say, well, you miss an open guy, Josh Allen got criticized for missing the open guy in the end zone, and he had one of the greatest games on the weekend this weekend. And uh, Dave tweeted this out. A lot of people are forwarding me this while well, I'm on this subject, and then I'll play you some sound. Like, a lot of people are forwarding me this, this message. Justin Fields was blitzed fifty eight point one percent of the time on his dropbacks against the Vikings. Here's how he performed. Sixteen of twenty-one for one hundred thirty-two yards, eight first downs, and a ninety-one point eight passer rating. Growth. And those are good numbers against the blitz. I'll just say, are these the same people criticizing the Getsey screen passes?
0: Because eighteen of those those throws were at or behind the line of
3: scrimmage. So If you're criticizing the screen passes and you say too many screens in which he completed most all of them, and you're then showing me the great completion percentage, which is it?
0: Well, people are going to fit numbers and thoughts that
3: support their narrative. So I don't want to hear, well, he did this good, but the, the game plan sucked.
0: Listen, your game plan, again, against a Brian Flores defense is going to be murky. Do I agree with everything that our, fo- our offensive
3: coordinator did? No. No, neither do uh-uh. I. You've got to throw it, it, more downfield, it, right? Yeah,
0: absolutely. But, but at the end of the day, when you beat the Vikings, you've got to take advantage of the, the, the gifts that your defense, are they're giving you. It's a good Vikings defense. They take a lot of chances. They muddy the water a little bit. At the end of the day, you got to take care of the football and get the ball in the end zone as much as possible. I thought there were a lot of good things that were done. But they didn't get the ball in the end zone and they fumbled it twice in the fourth quarter. And
3: you can't overlook that. Stuff. I just guarantee you this for all the field fanboys. If if that jersey on the back of him said Williams on it and he was wearing the USC colors yesterday, you'd want nothing to do with him. You'd want nothing to do with him. If that player played the same way, except was wearing a USC jersey, you tell me how much he sucked. But you got a horse in the race, yeah? Griffin in Bridgeport. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Griffin?
4: Hey guys, appreciate the the listen here. And uh, I, I was, you know, listening to the show here just for the past hour or so, and it's funny how like you're you're even putting my brain in a pretzel right now, just on my stance on Fields and, and where I want to go with him. But I, honestly, I think he's done so much over the past four games to take that step forward. That he feels, or it feels like to me, that he's gonna be the guy moving forward. I mean, I've seen some stuff online. You know, it's like you look at the last four full games. Fields got 300 yards a game, nine touchdowns, four turnovers. Allen 300 yards a game, 11 touchdowns. Mahomes 248 yards a game, six touchdowns. Hurts 253, 14 touchdowns. I mean, he's he's taken that step. And I mean, if you're in that year where it's a prove it deal, and and almost like you know you gotta. You got to make it look like you're the guy here. Uh, how in the world are you not throwing the ball over the middle of the field on a blitz or downfield at all, right? To prove that you're that guy. So, you know, for my money, I think, you know, we got a year or two to decide whether or not he's the guy. But you know, with this first overall pick, I, I, I mean, I'm I'm going back and forth. And, and one of the things that crossed my mind is, uh, you know, you know that field or sorry, you know that Kirk Cousins is a free agent this year, right? Bears have all the cap space in the world, right? So, I mean, is it you sign the veteran QB, sign Williams to the you know first rookie deal, let him learn from the veteran QB and grow from there? Because all I can think about is, you know, Hoagie and John's talking to John Lucas saying, hey, you know, we like to see three years of development in college. And, and you know, from that point, uh, you, you can have Kirk develop the young kid, but. Yeah, you know, I, I'm back and forth just like you guys are on this one. So I, just want, I want to get your take.
0: I don't think you sign Kirk Cousins and use the first overall pick in the draft on a quarterback. You do one or the other. And my, my choice, if you're asking my opinion, is you draft Williams and try to develop him or may or whoever it is. Whoever your front office has decided that that guy is a guy that gives us a better chance to take us where we want to go than the current person that we have playing that position. Mm -hmm. And if your organization feels that way, then you've got to make that decision. If you feel like you've got your franchise quarterback, then you got to stick with him. doesn't matter what you and I think, and it matters what they feel up at Hallis Hall. This is just the reason why we have this conversation over and over and over again not just because it's polarizing, because so much is at stake for both sides. You get a new president. You've got a general manager who didn't draft this quarterback, who has the first, will will most likely have the first pick of the draft for the second consecutive year. Made a great trade with Carolina. In the process, they passed on a kid at C.J. Stroud who looks like he has the potential to be one of the really good ones for the next X number of years. Okay, We've got a second chance at drafting a quarterback like our guy. Not sure we're totally in love with him Then drafting. I've got this first pick of the draft and what's supposed to be a quarterback heavy draft. Am I going to draft this quarterback or that quarterback or stick with my there are so many huge decisions that will have an impact on this organization for years to come. It's why this discussion is had every hour of every day over the last several months and will continue to happen going forward. Mm -hmm. And, and Oh, by the way, Who's going to be the coach of either this quarterback or the next quarterback is also at stake. And by the way, I don't know what the president's thinking right now because he's been more of an observer and less of a hands-on guy to this point. So, like, this isn't beating a dead horse. This is probably the most important decision that this organization will make in the last
3: several decades.
5: Yes, Here's
3: Dominique Foxworth on Get Up.
5: I know I'm gonna get yelled at, but you gotta take the quarterback. Ooh. You gotta move on from mm. Justin Fields. And it's not because Justin Fields isn't good, but he's not consistent. He's been good in times like what we saw from him last week is exciting. But the thing about Justin Fields that it could be him, it could be the team, it could be the coaching staff, but every play looks like a fire drill. And sometimes <laughs> it turns out to be an amazing result, but sometimes it turns out to be a disaster. And it does it never feels like He's comfortable in this offense. And, again, it's not to put it all on him. I'm sure there are reasons why the offense is not as developed that aren't his fault. But the facts are the facts. And I think it's time for it to turn over the page and start with someone new, restart that rookie clock, maybe even look at uh, some new leadership there. But I don't think that they're going to make it work with Fields. Every now and then, a particular player comes through the draft, and there are guys that you can't miss on. So, yeah. you see what happened in um, – in, uh, Carolina. That's in part because they got the wrong guy. Because there is, a, excuse me, there is a generational talent in that draft, and they missed them. So if you then go and pass on these quarterbacks for someone in Justin Fields, who we've seen at least in this situation, it doesn't work. Go ahead and pass on if you want to. You're gonna lose your job in 11 that- weeks.
3: I thought that was really good analysis yeah. on, on, I mean, look, on the way Fields looks. He's
0: not telling you, nor I think we have ever said to you, he's awful. No. He's the worst quarterback, and this is an easy decision. It's not an easy decision, but it's also not an impossible decision to make for the reasons that 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 Foxworth says. Look, it's a fire drill. Sometimes he puts out the fire, and it's a brilliant play. Other times you fumble twice. And you pour gasoline the on the quarter. fire. Yeah, Like... Go back to the Denver game here at Soldier Field. For three quarters, the fire drill was beautiful, saving lives, putting out fires. In the fourth quarter, the house caught fire again, and everyone perished. You fumbled, and you threw an interception. I'm using you know yeah, Dominique's yeah. I mean, for, analogies, right, right. but but like that's that's I think Dominique <laughs> really perished. I think Dominique really kind of hit the nail on the I head. I thought that was great. Be the best is,
3: analogy I've heard. Yeah, nobody and is telling you bad. it's all no, bad. He's, and it's not all his fault, and he's good. Right, he can be good, but it's not consistent. If you have the first pick and of the it's draft, not all his
0: fault. Exactly, and you think that there's a quarterback, and and again, however anybody feels about these guys, that's up to you. But if the people up at Hallis Hall feel that this guy, I can't pass on this guy, doesn't mean that Justin's not a good player. It just means that they feel that guy is going to be a better player. And the benefit of drafting him is not only that I see him as a better player down the road, I get to reset the clock and I get to get my whole organization on the same schedule. So this is a deeper conversation than just does does Ryan Poles like Justin Fields. There are a lot of dominoes that are attached to this decision going forward. Steven
3: Orland, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Steve? Hi, guys. So, you know, I struggle a bit with the coaching staff because I'm not thrilled
6: about the staff, but yet I have to give them their credit. If you look at the defensive um, pass rush or, or, or the running game, they're number one against the run in the NFL. Their defense is continuing to improve. If you look at the offense, they're they're number two, I believe, in rushing in the NFL, just behind the Dolphins. And then if you look at yesterday's play calling, well, I wasn't thrilled about it. They had 18 or 21 attempts uh, in terms of pass attempts at the line of scrimmage. But to me, I view those as, as like a running play. So I'd be curious to find out with those 18 attempts or 21 attempts, I've heard a couple of different numbers, how many yards were gained with those 18 or 21 attempts? Because I view them as running plays just to try to slow right. down that rush of the Yeah, You
0: know, it's a, it's an interesting take because I look at it the same way. And again, I, like I'm not going to sit here and tell you, I thought the game plan was great. I think that what they decided to do was instead of running hot reads and other stuff, they decided to, to handle the Minnesota pressure with wide receiver screens. What we're going to do is if I see Darnell Mooney and EQ Out on the right, and they've only got... I got the box filled with Vikings, and they've got single coverage on these two guys. And this happened at one point in the second half. They throw the wide receiver screen, and we're all like, no more wide receiver screens! Equinemius St. Brown, who is on the roster and on the field specifically because he's in a hell of a block. No one's covering him. Completely whiffs on his block, and Darnell Mooney's tackled for a two-yard loss. If... EQ makes his block, oh, okay. could go the whole way. Right, right. I like, think it's player execution that also muddies the water as well. Does but that you have mean, to be perfect uh, on those, too. Same way, though, if you're running a slant route on a or, hot read. Or, or, yeah. You still have to beat the guy across from you. You're left in man-on-man. Man. I This is why I would I would take a combined approach. I think the screen passes are fine. In fact, I charted it through six to DJ Moore. Three-yard gain, 10-yard gain, 25-yard gain, three-yard loss, Six-yard gain, one went for zero yards. So six wide receiver screens, and they had four positive plays. One went for nothing, and one went for minus three. To our caller's point, I think their approach, and I'm not condoning it 100%, is, is this is an extension of our running game, and it's a way to, to handle the Brian Flores pressure that's coming at us. You know who used to
3: tell me that? Who is Mr. Screen in town? Uh, Mr. Screen in town. Who used to, who? Which offensive coordinator was known for being in love with the wide receiver screen? Oh, uh, Shoop. Yes, Shoop. John Shoop used to take me in the film room. Him and I used to sit there, and he used to tell me. Creepy. That, well, I, I, I had a good relationship with okay. Shoop. That's good when I was on the. I was on the. Uh, I was on the beat, and you know, used to tell me some stuff uh, about. And he goes, "Look, this is what we're doing here with the screens." He goes, "I'm getting the linemen moving side to side, so they can't go." upfield they're moving side to side now and they're getting exhausted yeah. instead of rushing upfield and he's to call it a run game through the air yeah. that's what the method of the madness was from the offensive coordinator's perspective yeah
4: and i
0: believe in that to a certain degree it's not the you know the gospel I would have rather them taken a combined approach. Throw some wide receiver screens. How about I heard Yerko say it, too. How about after maybe 10 of them? We pump one to yeah, the side, and then we go deep on on one of these. Or why don't we bunch some guys up? Because there were several plays on third down, a couple where you had them in a bunch formation— in a pressure look defensively.
3: Eberflus told us that they had yes, that. Yes. Now, and who, what they who, did was they get they? to
0: the outside. This is where I fault the offensive coordinator. Not all be It's not all on him, but he's got to be more creative and more diversified, in my opinion, on how they're going to handle the blitz. Because there were several third downs that I thought Justin and, and, and DJ Moore and the play call, they were all on the same page. You remember the fourth down and 10 where we're all like, there's no chance. That Matt Eberflus team is going for it on fourth and ten, and they went on a fourth and ten. Oh, and, was this early in the game? Yes, this is and in they the they first half. Yeah, yes, because they correctly predicted that Brian Flores was coming with an all-out blitz. There was going to be zero coverage, and the game planned it perfectly. Commit right? Yes, and Roshan Johnson does a brilliant job picking up two guys. They hold the the, the rushes as long as they could. Commit sets and keeps his guy at bay, and then releases down the field on a delayed uh, tight end route, and it's a beautifully designed and beautifully executed play. Like, so it's not all horrible – it's just a combination of everybody is not good enough at their jobs for it to look good for a full 60 minutes, if that
3: makes sense. It's a good explanation. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. More of your phone calls, and Ryan Poles may have had to step in with the coaching staff to make a change. Mm. We'll play you what he had to say in the pregame show to make that change coming up next. This
5: is Waddle's World. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open.
1: Bears legend. Amazing. Nine career TDs in the NFL. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. Tom Waddle. Let's get weird! Let's get weird! Welcome to Waddle's World. Come inside. Let's get weird! Let's get weird! And Let's weird. get weird! And Let's get weird! get weird!
0: Let's get weird. Like a Bears football game, let's get weird. Models World is brought to you by our great friends and partners at Trust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. To find your nearest Trust Community Bank, visit Wintrust.com slash find us, member FDIC. Not only did the Bears win last
3: night, Sylvia, you won today. I did. I had a uh, six-month uh, checkup today uh, with my oncologist, Dr. Dean Saras, at uh, the Cancer Center. At Lake Forest Hospital. All's good. Uh, no uh, no n- lymph nodes that he could feel. My blood work was uh, really good. Beautiful. So uh, my next appointment is in May, which will be the four-year mark. Um, and today is Giving Tuesday. Like, this was a coincidence that out of all days, this appointment had been set up for six months. But so meaningful. Yes. Yeah, so meaningful on Giving Tuesday and a reminder. And here at ESPN, we get behind get behind all the great causes but the one that we like to highlight is the V Foundation and it it's extra special for me because it's never lost on me never lost on a lot of our, our listeners and now me as a survivor um, knowing that I'm here and I'm healthy because of all the great advancements that we have made through the years um, because of the research by our great doctors and no one's better at that than the V Foundation yeah. for years and years and years. Like the survival rate for the kind of cancer that I had had, um, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma has gone through the roof. It's like it's 75 to 80% these days. <clears throat> and um, and all kinds of cancers continue to go up. With, with survival that, rates. With survival yeah. rates. And there will be a day when we continue to find a cure for all forms of cancer, yes. you know, and here at the radio station, it's been well documented. We have lost far too many. Amen to that. Far too many. We, Way we, too many. We talk about J.D. all the time. Yes. Um, we think about him each and every day. Um, Fred Hubner's wife uh, lost her battle with, with cancer. Matt Haller. Matt Haller lost his battle with stomach cancer. Um, on and on, and many of us uh, are survivors, and again... We, we I, I left Waddle Northwestern Hospital, Lake Forest Hospital, and do you know how many people were in the waiting room there? Probably too many to count. It was full. Yeah. It was full, yeah. waiting to see all the oncologists. Yeah. And, and we need to, if you can, we know times are tough. If you can give on this Giving Tuesday, you know, we celebrate Cyber Monday and Black Friday, and we buy for ourselves. Today, if you can... Give on Tuesday, Giving Tuesday. If you can spare five bucks, ten bucks, fifty dollars, a hundred dollars if you can, v.org. Um, every cent goes to cancer research, and it's very, very important. And I know that I speak for more than just me. I speak for all the survivors out there. I speak for all the people who have had people in their family who have fought cancer, who, who got an extra year, who got an extra five years. Um, because of all the medical advancements. So we've all been touched by cancer. And the V Foundation is always on the forefront with, with all the medicines and research. So if you can give V.org. Great message.
0: And congratulations on the
3: good news today. It's fantastic. Yeah, one, like I, I hate cliches, but it, it sure. really is one day at a time. With this. It's yes. the only thing I take one day at a time. I get lost in family stuff and sports stuff, work stuff, but with this, it's the truly is one day at a time thing. Provides tremendous perspective. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, it's silly when we you know, we get worked up over sports, but, yeah, but this it's, is what we do. It's, we it's don't all farm. in context. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's all in context. Look who's, a,
0: look who's on line 1. I don't think we've heard from him in quite some time.
3: Big C. What's up, guys? What's
0: up, Big C? What's going on, Big are C? You, are you here to uh, talk about Bo Nix potentially winning the Heisman? Because I know hey. last year he was your guy. Hey,
1: I've been telling y'all what's yes going on, man. I've been telling y'all. Hey, but I got three questions. Y'all got y'all got to let me get them out. Okay. I'm gonna let you know the final one. Okay. Now, hey, hey. Waddle, uh, yeah. Cap, say you text him and told him to read They were uh, yes, you were doing all the wide receiver strings and all that. You know. And that was a good job. <laughs> good job, the... Now, for real, though, you're telling the reason, you know what I'm saying, why people are so lame to the fact, thinking that he just called them, But at the end of the day, you remember Johnny Knox, right? Oh, yeah. The way that guy running around playing football, backyard football, I hate it. He's a liability for the Bears. Now, that was my second point. Hey, you got to give credit to Getty on that last play call for calling that double did that pulled uh, Harrison Smith over with Mooney to leave more wide open. Got to give Jesse that credit. And with the block and release on the fourth down with commit. K- now, finally, to all my people in the city of Chicago, <laughs> all the naysayers about the upcoming draft with quarterbacks. Listen, somebody got to play quarterback in the NFL. I ain't no NFL Somebody's got to play quarterback. We have seen what Justin Fields is at quarterback in the NFL. Somebody's got to play quarterback in the NFL. And I'm out. All right.
0: What does that mean at the end? Um, I do understand the, the con- there is uh, tremendous inconsistency, I think, was his point with Justin. And that is highlighted by his, his career of three years here in Chicago with 47 total touchdowns and 38 total turnovers. So there have been moments where I think we've all been mesmerized and amazed, and then we've been filled with moments of like, oh, my God, why did that just happen? Um, I, I think that his first point was,
3: was What was the was third? That. Someone's got to play quarterback. Uh, that, and I'm not, that's where I was lost. Yeah, I'm not right. 100% right. sure. And he, and he accentuated that like three times. Yeah. I didn't know what that meant. Uh, he was listen, banging on the table, too, yeah, to make it yeah. really, really? Hammer it home. like, home. I, like, I was like waiting for... The other shoot a drop to really have it come home, and nothing.
0: And then he was out. Yeah. And then he
3: was out. He's like, and I was waiting for like really some earth shattering news and something really to hit home, and it never came. No, it never came.
0: Uh, look, I think that there are a lot of moments to criticize offensive play calls, uh, but I think that that Big C pointed out a couple of them. We just talked about one before the break, uh, the fourth down call. I thought not only was it a gutsy decision but it was a very good call and a well executed call I think also on that final drive that Justin was played fantastic in I think Getzi realized that for whatever reason Brian, Brian Flores decided just to go after the entire game being aggressive decided to sit back I don't know if he thought Brian Flores thought that they may be overly aggressive and Justin was going to be able to break a huge run that would get them in field goal range I don't know why he decided to drop back but gets he realized you know and then it's it's about you know gamesmanship and trying to figure out what the other guy's going to do and realize that they were dropping into some zones and they had a huge zone beater play and and he I think you saw the quote from DJ Moore last night after the game he was surprised that he was off. that he was that open but it was the perfect call for the defense that actually flores had, had, had decided to play Glenn so.
3: Glenn on the south side you're on ESPN 1000 can you make sense uh, a little bit here You just can turn from the bottom. Who can turn from the top? Glenn. Glenn. Hello, Glenn. Hello. Glenn. I, I, I could hear you talking to somebody in the room, Glenn.
0: You're gonna catch a swear here in a second.
3: Glenn. Glennie. Glenn. Glenn. I think Glenn's out. Paul in Elmwood Park, Paul, we're on hey a guys. bad streak. Can you take us out of the streak?
6: Yeah, I think I can take you out of the streak. Okay, you know? thank
3: you. I did have some numbers written down on the
6: post-it note, and I just got out of the car, and I think I lost it. So. Oh
3: come no! no. Oh, what were we yeah, talking yeah. About
6: And of course, it dings, and I come right on when uh,
0: what what when would, I'm looking for it? But just summarize sit the there and
6: kind of just okay. So I was just going to sit there and kind of bring up uh, point differentials over the last couple. Uh, seasons, and um, how every time that the Bears have made the postseason, they've had a plus point differential, and I know it seems obvious, you need to score more points, you know, than you you have scored against you, but um, the last three years have been all in negative point differential, I believe, last year was uh, negative 100 or worse, and this year we're at like negative 54, negative 54 uh, this year, and I bring this up because... You know, in my mind, you can throw all the statistics for quarterbacks out there that you want. You know, I'll I'll tell you, Nick Foles had a season where he had 28 touchdowns and two interceptions, and Peyton Manning had a season where he had 28 interceptions. Yeah. But um, So you can even take a whole year and have it kind of, you know, say whatever you want. But the glaring thing to me is you have seven interceptions over the last two games, and I believe you've scored six points total off.
0: You mean defensively they've come away with seven picks?
6: Yes, yeah, and the offense in return has only scored six points. He got two field goals off of seven yeah. drives, and yeah. that's you the know good teams bail each other out. <laughs> you know I, I don't think this is going to change anytime soon. I think that's just you can point a finger at the coaching staff and say these guys suck.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean we talked about this a little bit earlier. The fact that they were given four gifts by this defense that is playing very well. Now again. Everything comes with a caveat, right? Like, last week, they were really good. They took the ball away from the Lions four times. But yet, in the final one minute and 41 seconds of the first half, they gave up a 75-yard touchdown drive. In the last four minutes and 15 seconds, that defense that had played so well at times gave up 148 yards, two touchdowns, and a two-point conversion. Like, at some point, the conversation
3: has to be, more consistently good yes that that, that's the point that's all i'm saying like to 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 not score a touchdown in a regular game is bad enough to not score a touchdown when you have it for so long and you keep flipping the field because of turnovers is even worse yes it's an it's a bigger indictment of their offense collectively
0: that you were given four gifts, and I think Carm said that the stat. I think they had the ball for thirty-five minutes. Yes, again, and you weren't like, able to score off a, a, a touchdown in any of those drives. Yes, like if you think that's all on the offensive quarter, coordinator or all on just the quarterback or just the offensive line, you're crazy. Like they're it doing. It takes a village to
3: be that bad. They're doing um, some historic things. Like I recited to Eberflus. The Denver game was the biggest uh, loss the Bears have had in their franchise history. The biggest blown lead. It tied two other games. Last week against Detroit, it was the game where they had what? The, the positive turnover differential. It
0: had never happened in NFL history, history. where they had, they had controlled the ball for 40 minutes, had a plus three turnover
3: ratio, and still lost the game. And still lost the game. And this time was the first time the Bears had won a game without scoring a touchdown since 1993. That's correct. When Jim Harbaugh and I were putting it
0: on the Atlanta Falcons.
3: These are historic historic things are happening week after week to this team. Like, yes, they won this game, but for a historically bad reason. It's why I consistently say after
0: all of these games, as much as I love this team, they are exhausting. exhausting. They're exhausting to
3: cheer for. They're exhausting to cover. What, what game? What game did, did Monday Night Football have last week? Was it a, Eagles? Chiefs Eagles. They had yeah. Chiefs Eagles last week. Buck and Aikman, and they got that last night. How do you think they fell? They seemed exhausted. I, I, what? Weren't they annoyed? Yeah. Wasn't I don't know if they're a- annoyed. It's part a- of the a- job. They, you a- know. I know.
0: But, but a- I think a- on the last call of the game, we got a finally from uh, Aikman. Like, he was so done with the game. he He dropped a finally. Yeah. I mean, it was a tough game to watch regardless of which team you were cheering for. Just when you thought, like, everything was going your way, your team would turn the ball over. Like, I thought for sure... In the fourth quarter that the Bears were going to salt that thing away. Josh Dobbs just kept throwing it up for grabs. They, you know, yes. the defense was stuffing them at the line of scrimmage. You're seeing Guys why
3: were, he's a journeyman. Yes. Like he's 211 as a starter. Uh, the fairy tale that was Joshua Dobbs like went poof. It was Cinderella. His carriage turned back into a pumpkin.
0: And how lucky were you that you didn't get as much as many people don't like Kirk Cousins. You didn't get Kirk Cousins. You didn't get, you didn't get Justin Jefferson you got Joshua Dobbs and the rest of that group, and you were struggling despite your defense taking the ball away four times. That's where the frustration
3: lies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. i got to play you Ryan Poles. I forgot to play you Poles. Uh, he did have to step in with the coaching staff. I will do that coming up next.
1: Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie. ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports.
3: Phone number to reach is 312-332-3776. The Bears do win yesterday. Their first division win in over two years. Fourth win of the season. They're 4-8. and eight, Bye week upcoming. Then a home date with Detroit. Think
0: that this is, uh, this is the
3: moment where they get
0: their first back-to-back wins since week 16 and 17 of the 2021 season?
3: Detroit's gettable.
0: Yeah. Who does Detroit
3: have this week after their
0: Thanksgiving game?
3: Detroit has... The Saints. the Saints. The Saints have not played well lately. No, they have not. Um, I don't know if
0: this is one of those kind of season valleys that a team, a good team, will go through, or this is the start of them being more of a a very average team.
3: Right. Is this just life in the NFL where they go through a two-game lull and then they they start being good again?
0: Yes, not sure.
3: Um, Here's uh, Ryan Poles. This was on the pregame show. The the sit-downs that he has with Joniak... Probably gives you the most information you're going to get out of Halas during the week. Even with all, everyone speaking, that this is the most honesty you're going to get. He trusts Joniak. He's relaxed. Um, and I said on the po- on the pregame show yesterday after hearing this, that Iberflus could have handled this all last week just like this on Montez Sweat. And said he fought it about the the snap count and everything like this, so Joniak asked him about the snap count for SWAT, and this was um, Poles' answer
5: it 's a unique situation you know when you have a trade, and I think this is one of those big differences between uh, baseball and basketball trades, um, it takes a little bit more time to get in the rhythm and, and have the entire playbook down that most people got all offseason, all training camp, and, and then through the beginning of the year. So um, you do look for that playtime to continue to increase. Um, my big thing is just in critical moments having, having players on the field that can impact the game. So um, we've had conversations about that, and um, we'll continue to see him in, in those roles when, when, when he's needed the most. So I don't know, and Lance
3: brought that up, he didn't totally agree with what he had to say about basketball and baseball trades for a defensive player, maybe a wide receiver when you get a guy like Claypool last year. But the point being that, hey... It's got to go up in critical times, and we had a conversation about that. He's got to be in the field in yes. game deciding drives.
0: We asked Coach Eberflus about that. And I believe he said that in third down situations. Did he say that Sweat has been on the field fifty one of fifty six? Yeah, something in that neighborhood. You would hope that it would be fifty six of fifty six, right?
3: And and like he's a
0: three down player too. Yes. Yeah. I listen. I thought there were so many. Again. <laughs> You lose sight of a lot of things. Like you saw just how effective TJ Edwards is. I believe TJ Edwards now leads the league in, sa- in, uh, in sacks, but t- tackles. He now has two or three interceptions. You saw just how athletic Tremaine Edmonds can be on several plays. You saw not just his size, but his speed and his agility. And you see Montez Sweat, the, the athlete that he is. He's so long, he's so good with his hands. And his closing speed is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you look at this team and they've only got four wins, but I could point to a number of guys where I look at this, some of the players and go, like, I really like this guy. I think that the talent is significantly better right now than it was a year ago. It hasn't equated to wins, hasn't turned into you know significantly more wins, but there are a lot of guys you can point to and go, yeah, I see, I see improvement,
3: significant improvement from these guys individually. And I thought that was a reason why Ryan Poles was happy in the locker room, is because he's starting to see that. Yeah. And I think we should do that when we come back. Smith also the fifth round cornerback. Yeah, I thought was Smith out there compl- playing well. He compl- He showed you that in in training camp, yeah. and then this, the, he was hurt, and then he had the illness, and we haven't seen him as much. Let's do that, like. I, let's go through the list of players that we like and we think are keepers, yeah that we think is a part of a foundation because I do think the Bears have the start of some some good things going on. I agree with you like like maybe not the coach, and they're not everything and, is perfect and we're so, right but i I really do think they may be better in some areas than some people give them credit for. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Let's take all your calls. Then the Aki's A list coming up at four thirty. Also, the Blackhawks general manager Kyle Davidson is speaking on the whole Corey Perry situation. They've uh, let him go, and um, they need clarity on this, and they need to let their fans know what the heck is going on there. He's speaking at four. As soon as he speaks, we will relay what he had to say to you. Also, another. Uh, general manager in town spoke today. AK taking the blame. There's a lot of crap going around town. Yeah, basically. We're slinging it here. Um, it's, uh, Waddle and selby.